The OMTG Taps is brought to you by StarCityGames.com. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 31 of the OMTG Taps. This is Joey Pasco. Big head Joe. Howdy. Howdy. So, uh, we have... We have a lot to talk about today. In with, like no time, right? Well, we're we're gonna we're gonna try to we're trying an experiment here. Normally, we sit around and and BS while we record, which makes me have to spend a lot of time editing out some of the really unrelated BS. Um, this time, we need to leave pretty soon. Like, I need to go to work this afternoon. Normally, I work at night, and today I have to be there like at five. So anyway. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of time to record, so we're going to try to do this, you know, we're just going to try to stay on track. That's, that's really what we're going to try to do. So, am I on the right track? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so nationals, there were, uh, several nationals tournaments over the weekend. Yep. Uh, let's start the, um, uh, the winner of French nationals was a blue white control with, uh, with Sun Titan. This is one of the more interesting lists to come out. It seems like if the deck has the word Tight. If, if, if a card has the word Titan on it, uh-huh. people are like, I don't know, play that card in my deck. Yeah, all the Titans are now seeing play. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, love them or hate them, which, you know, everybody was... First we saw some Titan, and everybody was like, oh my god, it's awesome. And then we started seeing the other Titans, and people were like, oh yeah, I remember Sun Titan, he was alright. You know, like, nobody yeah. cared. But uh, all of them, every single one is seeing play and, um, you know, in, in winning decks... So, uh, Julian Perez is the winner of, uh, of French Nationals, and his deck is uh, basically a blue-white control deck. He's got uh, Seagate Oracle, Wall of Omens, and two Sun Titans, two Oblivion Rings, um, a Jace Bellerin, which he can return with the Sun Titan, uh, Deprive, Mana Leak, Path. He doesn't play Condemn. I was kind of surprised at that. Um, On this side. It, it might be in the sideboard, but it's, uh, yeah, two in a sideboard, mm-hmm. but no, not in the main deck. Um, Guillaume Wafotapa also made top eight, um, and his list is sort of similar with the uh, the Sun Titan control, two Sun Titans, and um, but he plays two Condemn and two Path, which I, I feel like that's a better split because you don't. There's times when you just don't want to ramp people, you know. Yeah. And as good as uh, you know, as good as it, good as it is to remove a creature entirely from the game, it's almost just as good to put it on the bottom. I mean, sure, it's still in their deck, and with all the fetch lands in the format, it's gonna, it's unlikely to stay on the bottom. But they still need to draw it again, right? You know? And that's good too, because now they need to draw it again. They they have to, uh, you know, kind of like oust. It it affects their draw phase. You kind of, you kind of uh, put them back a little bit. So I like that split, the the two condemn two path. Yeah, but if you're trying to deck somebody to win, you're not gonna be. Able, it's one more card to try to deck them. That's that is true. If you're trying to deck them, but that's not a strategy that people are, you know, that that seems to be a, a unlikely strategy in, in a lot of cases. I mean, all right, fine. If you're playing a, a mill strategy, don't play condemn. <laughs> that's one more card. How many times though? I mean, you've played mill strategies when you get somebody down and you're like, oh my gosh, you only had you know a couple of cards uh-huh. left or something. Like, no, it's true. No, I was like, I was kind. Of, I mean, I was obviously kidding. Because I don't think mill decks are any good. I, I mean, like, they can be, but not right now. Not with Eldrazi Giants. As soon as, one, as soon as one shows up, there's right. anything that starts doing well, because maybe it surprises people, uh, 
it's going to be hated out immediately. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, a turbo mill strategy might be viable for one tournament because people aren't expecting it. Um, But I don't think, you know, it's not going to, as soon as people see it, it's going to be, you're going to see Eldrazi most likely, or Elixir of Immortality, isn't that what it's called? Gain five life and shuffle your graveyard back. Yeah, but I think that the Eldrazi are just uh, way better. Yeah, but... I've considered the elixir because, like, as a sideboard card, because you gain the life and you shuffle the stuff back, like in a control deck. I, I like, you know, I, I used all my counter spells, and now they're back. You know, <laughs> something like that. I used my my Jace's ingenuities, now they're back. That kind of thing. I, I don't think elixir of immortality is necessarily unplayable, um, but it's another option against mill strategies if they were to show up. But anyway. Um, yeah, so Wafo Tapa, who, if you don't know, he's a pretty pretty famous control player. I don't think he ever plays decks that, like, are non-control decks. Right. He, uh, he won, um, I want to say, oh gosh, it was one of the Pro Tours, I don't remember which city, but he won a Pro Tour, uh, the Block Pro Tour for Time Spiral Block with Mystical Teachings. Mm-hmm. And um, so he's known for playing control decks. He's also known for uh, for working a little bit with with Patrick Chapin. Um, obviously, they're in the same kind of. Uh, I think they have the same kind of love for control decks. Although, I don't. I would be surprised to see Wafo Tapa play next level Bant. So, yeah. Um, kind kind of. He just loves the control decks. So. Um, yeah, his, his deck. The difference, like I said, he's got the two, two path, two condemn, and he plays. Uh, Two more copies of Jace Bellerin, so he's got three in there, which I think goes with the uh, the Sun Titan theme a little more. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks to me like no Baneslayers. Oh, okay. There's two Baneslayers in Julian's sideboard. Right. Um, that card's really good. Baneslayer Angel. Baneslayer Angel. Yeah. It's that, what does it do? It's that Sarah Angel upgrade. But uh, yeah, well, why don't you just run Sarah Angel? It's like it's like doesn't it does cost, have vigilance. It doesn't cost the monies that the Bane Slayer costs. Right, that's true. Um, put some vinegar on it. <laughs> why didn't you think of that? Oh God, old memes. Is it that old? No, not that old. Um, Pyromancer's Ascension also made a showing in um, in French Nationals, and uh, there's a Rune Flare Trap deck. Rune Flare Trap. I know. You don't like Rune Flare Trap. Ugh. What's wrong? Talk, talk to us about Rune Flare Trap. It's so annoying to play against. Don't talk to the table. You gotta talk to the... I'm loud. It's so annoying <laughs> to play against. <laughs> it is. I hate I've it. I've only played against it once, though. Oh my so. god, I hate it so much. And now with uh, Temple Bell and Howling Mine in the format, yeah, Font yeah, of Mythos, yeah, there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you got a couple months for Rune Flare Trap to shine. Yeah, shine. Uh, what, so you don't want to talk about Rune Flare Trap? I hate that damn deck. It's a bane of my existence. I well, hate it. Then let's talk about Pyromancer's Ascension. I'm cool um, with that. Guillaume Matignon <laughs> from France, who, uh, who he top-aided the, uh, the, uh, the Pro Tour. He was, actually, he was in the finals against, uh, um, PVDDR. So this, uh, this Pyromancer's Ascension deck, it's, it's, uh, Burst Lightning, Lightning Bolt, Mana Leak. Call to Mind, Ponder, Preordain, Sea Beyond, Time Warp, Treasure Hunt, a bunch of draw spells, and Pyromancer's Ascension. Um, which, uh, I, a lot of people really want to play Pyromancer's Ascension, but it seems to me like 
again, it's it's similar to the turbo mill strategy where it's going to work if you uh, take people by surprise. But I feel like if not, uh, if people are aware of it, then it's not going to work as well. Like they're just going to kill your ascension. But you know, if you protect it with with things like mana leak, I guess. Uh, you know, I, I guess it could work. It apparently got him into second place in in nationals. So, um, as far as uh, Canadian nationals, uh, the the winner of that was another blue white control deck played by J I I don't know how to pronounce his name. It's E L A R A R Ilara. 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 Okay. Shards of Ilara. J Jays of Ilara. Um, uh, he's actually repeating as the Canadian champion. He he won nationals last year. Oh wow! He's also the guy that got Canada DQ'd from the team competition at Worlds. Ah, so kind of kind of interesting there. But he was playing blue white control. His list actually runs the the full set of Bane Slayers, four Wall of Omens. Um, Chapin just posted something on Facebook about um about Sun Titan. Oh yeah, what's that? Go ahead and breaking oh, yeah. news. So funny that Sun Titan was overhyped at first, then the backlash has sent it the other way. Hasn't Sun Titan replaced Baneslayer and Gideon as the kill of choice in blue-white? Getting back Jace Bellerin is like the biggest mole drifter ever. Is this not the card of the week? It certainly is. If you check out Kelly Reed's mailbag column on uh, on doubling season... Sorry, I quit right? smoking again. I'm just a jerk in general today. Yeah. You're usually a jerk. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, doublingseason.com... Kelly Reed's ma- mailbag article on um, today, which is what's July 26th, uh, Joe asked him on Twitter, now that Sun Titan is le nuts, isn't that what you said? Yes. Uh, what do you think the price will end up at? So, as before this, before this weekend, I was seeing it around six bucks, eight bucks, ten bucks maybe. You know, mm-hmm. I think I think Star City had it for ten bucks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think, let's, I'm going to check right now, Star City's price, if, if they've adjusted it now, that, uh... Last I checked, it was 10. That was last night. Okay. But there so was only a few left. Okay. So Sun Titan is now on Star City, uh, still at 9.99 actually, uh, with 11 in stock. Hmm. But it seems to be a card that you might want to grab. Now, it was the pre-release foil. Right. So, keep that in mind. Don't go crazy for it. Pick um, them up cheap because they were the pre-release foil. Yeah, you can you can try to do that, but um, you know, get even get the pre-release ones which are usually a little cheaper. Um, and you most of you probably went to the pre-release. So you might have some, you might be well on your way with your uh, your Sun Titans, but I unfortunately wasn't. Luckily, I won an auction on eBay, you know, for four of them at like 6 bucks. So uh, check there, but Kelly believes it could go up to uh, to roughly like twenty bucks, it could see like Nocturnus prices is what right. he says because Nocturnus was the pre-release foil, and, and, and for it, and for M10 right for M10 so, so here we are the pre-release foil for M11 great great parallel there yeah. yeah great kind of situation now the only thing is Vampire Nocturnus was typically a four of Sun Titan so far has basically just been a two of which makes sense in more of a control deck so that could affect its price as well. Keep that in mind, but um, but yeah, I, I think all the Titans are really they're, they're all seeing play. It's pretty amazing. Now, one of the uh, one of the key cards that a lot of people are playing the Titans with is Destructive Force. Yeah, 
Um, that's a card you like, so so yeah. you want to talk about that? Looks like Noah Long played it in uh, Canadian Nationals. I really wish that the uh, Primeval Titan wasn't a billion dollars, so I could pick up some of those and play them with Destructive Force. But yeah, it's here we uh, are. It, it, Noah Long's deck is four Primeval Titan. Those are the only creatures. Then he's got like Flash Freeze into the Royal, Jace's Ingenuity, Lightning Bolt, and Mana Leak. Garrick, Jace. Cultivate, Destructive Force, Explore, Rampant Growth. So it's like a ramp deck. Blue, blue, green, red. Ramp deck with burn and, and a couple counter spells uh, and some draw. And just essentially, um, you know, the Planeswalkers are not affected by Destructive Force. And the Titans only take, you know, the t- Titans take five damage and, and live through it. So um, uh, I believe he also plays... Uh, oh, no, he doesn't. I was surpri- I'm surprised to see he doesn't play Valakit. In there with the primeval titans, you'd think that that would well, be a you nice got to destroy pair. the lands with the. I guess yeah. I mean, Valakid doesn't really work. You're right. I, I forgot about the mana. Re- I mean, the mountain requirement. Right. So never mind. I, I totally right. didn't think about that. Yeah, um, but I, that's another option for primeval titan. The, the Valakid decks. Um, and any of these decks that uh, we're talking about, if you have Star City Games Premium, they're probably in Pat Chapin's article from this morning. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, if you if you want to see deck lists, well, there's yeah. a chunk of them, a small sixty deck lists. Yeah, Patrick Chapin uh, taking uh, basically taking the forum posters at face value. All those people who don't. You know, don't like his articles and his wisdom, and just want deck lists. He just goes ahead and writes an article called "60" and writes sixty deck lists, and that's it. Across all formats, one EDH deck. Right, he's got EDH Legacy Vintage. I love the fact that the Vintage decks are all forty-one of the same cards, and then nineteen unique cards for each deck, which I think uh, just kind of says, it's kind of pretty much. Spells it out. Vintage sucks, but anyway, it sounds pretty stale. If, if that's uh, it sounds kind of if that's the format. I mean, he these are just suggestions from Chapin, so maybe, I mean, we don't play vintage, so I don't know. Maybe he just thinks these core cards are are the best cards in vintage, and and you should be playing a deck with those cards. Possibly. So, uh, but um, also of note, a, a Titan ramp deck, which is more like a um. Reminds me more of Turboland, was uh, second place in Canadian Nationals. Vincent Sibolt, I'm not, don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, You're but he, not. He, writes for, uh, he writes for Mana Deprived. Oh, okay, yeah. And, and, um, oh, cool. Manadeprived.com, he, uh, he made second place at Nationals. He's on a national team, pretty awesome. Um, he's got the three Avenger, four Oracle. Um, no Jaces, though, so... Unless this deck list is wrong, but it doesn't. He doesn't look like he plays blue. So this is more of like a uh, just a red green ramp deck with Avengers, Oracles, Primeval Titan, Siege Gang How Commander. Many? How many what? Titans. Uh, four Titans. <laughs> you want the you want the deck that runs four Fauna Shaman and one Primeval Titan? Yeah, yeah man. Well, there you go. Do that. I mean, like I can get them. Innovate know? or trade, right? Oh, I can get them. I'm just like it's, like just just holding out hope that like there's gonna be like. Something better than running four damn titans, so they'll drop a little bit, so it's a little easier to get them. That's all. Yeah, he's uh, forty nine ninety nine on Star City yeah. out of stock. Yeah, of course. So, um, kind of interesting. 
Um, nah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm not complaining just, about the price of Mythics. I'm not going to go there. But like, I just want it to be cheaper because I want to be able to pick them up easier. You know, like right. I'll get course. my set. I'll yeah. get. I'll, I'll get a set if I want them. I could get a set this weekend if I needed them. But uh, hey, uh, yeah, it's hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's just, right on. It's Especially because they're new and they're like the hottest. Right. Card. Like it's. Basically, the Titans in general go from Primeval, Grave, now Sun Titan seems like, as Chapin said, the card of the week. It's going to be one that people are going to be wanting to pick up. Um, I find this interesting. The Canadian Nationals Top 8 has uh, three Titan lists in it, right? Titan Ramp, which is Vincent Thibault, Turbo Titan, and Blue-Green-Red Titan Force, which is a deck Mm -hmm. Noah Long I just mentioned. One Blue-White Control that doesn't run Sun Titans. And then four Jund. So it's just Jund and, and variations of Titan decks, which is interesting. I'm not, that's not a, a statement about it being stale, because they're all different versions of Titan decks. Right. Uh, I mean, actually, the Blue Eye Control... How many of the Jund not decks are running Titans? That's a good question. I'm, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> I'm know. just double-checking uh, to see if there's any Titans in, um, in Jay's sideboard. No, they're not, they're not. He does run three Leyline of Sanctity, though, which... Mr. Scotty Mack, uh, Scott McCallum, has been championing on Twitter. Oh, has he? Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of decks, like, it It stops. Valakit, you can't get targeted, right? Valakit, Jace's uh, ultimate. Um, I, I can't remember everything, but he just seemed to be, every time there would be, like, a result where people were saying, you know, this this deck is doing really well, he'd be like, hey, look, Leyline of Sanctity is good against that. <laughs> so, uh, you know... He, he seems to think that's a... He thinks a lot of that card. I like it, too. Yeah, I, I, no, I think it's really right good, now. too. Um, it doesn't stop Abyssal Persecutor, though. No, unfortunately. All those Persecutors running around. So I'm going to check these Jun deck lists. I bet you Grave Titan is in... All of them. All of them, yeah. Now, Inferno Titan, you're playing that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and it's obviously... It's still... It's a good card. I haven't seen a list with it yet uh, from Nationals, but... Um, you know, we're kind of going through these, and maybe we will see some. But um, uh, what do you think of it? It's cool. Just I mean, toy- I'm toying around with it right now. Right. You know, like, uh, it does something as soon as it hits the board. Right, it's an arc lightning that, right. if it sticks around, it arc lightnings every turn. That's right. pretty amazing. Um, it's, it's a good It's a good finisher. It's a good beater. Like, it needs to be in the right place, though. Like, Yeah, you know I think I mean? the deck I'm playing isn't bad for no, it. No, I, I don't think so either. Now, Joe, we were just playing some games. Joe has a, a red-green... I'm toying around with this deck. It's red-green haste. Right. Like Everything just, but Inferno Titan has haste. Everything except for the Inferno Titan has haste. And that has pseudo-haste anyway, because it does three it does right away. It does three once it hits the board. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying out the Arc Light... The Arc... Uh, what is it? Arc Runner. Arc Runners. Ball Lightnings and Blood Braids and Venge Vines and one Tuck Tuck. Oh, yeah. Tuck Tuck is... I was saying this. Tuck Tuck the Explorer reminds me of Abyssal Persecutor in that when you're playing against it, you're like, I don't want to kill it, but I want to kill... Like, it's just it's just this one one. Like, I mean, the great answer is Wall of Omens. Right. Which, I mean, that's what I was playing. I was testing a blue-white list that I made. But then again, there are bigger creatures that I want to block, and... You know, it, you just ended up trying to burst lightning it, and I yeah. mana leaked dirt or something, right? I yeah. like, countered it because you I was like, the "Burst lightning." I, I was like, "That felt weird to counter your removal spell on your own creature," but it just still left him there. It wasn't like you lost him and and didn't get the, uh, you know, lost, didn't get his ability ability at all. 
because you could have just been like, okay, I'll burst lightning him again or something, you know? Right. You could play um, Cunning Spark Mage in there. Cunning Spark Mage seems good with Tuck Tuck. I didn't even think about Cunning Spark Mage. Right, he's got haste. He's, I mean, you could put Basilisk Collar in there if you want, but uh, you don't even necessarily need it. It's just an extra burn spell, right? Spark Mage could be fun. I'm still, I'm still playing with some right. ideas. Uh, he's good with Tuck Tuck, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now, fun. now here's one of the Jun decks uh, from Canadian Nationals by Kyle Duncan. No Titans. So. Uh, yeah, he, he's just got the Siege Gang Commander, Obstinate Bailoth, just one copy. But mostly it looks like kind of Lotus Cobra Nest Invader, kind of the aggro Jund, no Broodmate Dragon. Siege Gang looks like the top of his curve and four Eldrazi Monuments. Mm, nice. Yeah, so that's not a surprise. Eldrazi Monument seems really good now. I love um, Eldrazi Monument. Then we have Matthew McMullen uh, playing four Obstinate Bailoths. Basically four Bloodbraid, four Bailoth, four Leech. Fourth Rhinax, that's his creatures. That's like that's it. So he's again kind of on the aggro uh, strategy. Although he does have he has more control elements in that uh, he's got the uh, bituminous blast, lightning bolts, terminates Sarkin the Mad, which goes of course great with Thrynax. Um, uh, Blightning, he plays four Blightning and uh, and four Maelstrom Pulse. He so, ain't scared uh, of no bail off. No, apparently not. He runs them too, so he's kind of it's kind of a funny uh, nod to the fact that it's a good card because he's gonna he's gonna run four of them, but he's also saying you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna stop playing Blightning, which is a great card just because Obstinate Bailoff is in the format. Um, and I think I was thinking about this too. I think if I was running Jund, I'd still run four Blightnings. You side them out against Green. You just you know you assume that the person you're playing against doesn't main deck the Bailoth, and maybe they have one. But there's so much removal, too. Like, it sucks if that's what they use, if that happens. But I think you're going to... I'd play the odds. You know, because what are they going to do? Are they going to just sit there and hold that Bailoth, hoping that you play Blightning? You know? Right. I mean, they can still just cast it and then Blightning them. Right, You know, or right. something like that. Um, if they have another one, well, hey, good yeah. for them. Right. <laughs> you play the odds, but Blightning is still a good card. Um, yeah, Vengevine and Bailoth are what make it bad. So, you know, odds are people might not even be playing green. You know, Blightning's still great against blue-white control. So, um, uh, the other, uh, other, another Jun deck in the Canadian Nationals, again, no, no Titans. So we're, we're 0 for 3 so far. No Titans. I'm, no. I'm pretty surprised, because I thought that that was a perfect fit, Grave Titan. But it seems to be, like... Everybody's going aggro. Bloodbraid Elf, Putrid Leech, Thrynax, and Siege Gang Commander. That's the, the creature uh, suite of this deck. And this is Benoit Desrosiers. Desrosier. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm butchering these. Wah, 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 now we have, uh, we have Grayson Moore, who is playing one card that the other decks were not. That I, jumps out at me immediately, and it is one copy of Sylvan Ranger. But no Titans. So we're 0 for 4 on that. Don't, uh, I'm pretty surprised, because I just, again, thought that was a natural fit, but I guess we're wrong. Um, Pascal Maynard it came in fourth place of Canadian Nationals playing Turbo Titan, and this is, uh, he's got three Chalice, four Primeval Titan, uh, Into the Royal, Lightning Bolt, Manalik, Garrick, Jace. This looks a lot like the list that Noah Long played to eighth place in Canadian Nationals. 
uh, the four primeval titans, the Flash Freeze, into the Royal, Jace, Garrick. Um, and the, the only difference looks to be, like, uh, Pascal Maynard is playing Chalice, Everflowing Chalice, and, uh, and Noah is not. But uh, essentially, the Cultivate Destructive Force kind of combo, it looks like um, Pascal is also playing Mindspring over Jace's Ingenuity. Yes. So, but essentially, very similar deck. Um, so that's Canadian Nationals, and, uh, you know, shout out to manadeprived.com, congratulations on getting one of your, one of your writers up there, and their t-shirts were all over the coverage. Nice! So, pretty cool. Okay, so that's it for, uh, Canadian Nationals. For French Nationals, as we mentioned, Julian Perez won with blue-white Titan Control, but also, uh, Antoine Ruel notably made top eight, he was, he's in third place, made the national team with Polymorph. Huh! Um... Is it the one with Stormtide Leviathan? Uh, it is... Because that, that was the one that Chapin posted, I think. No, it's just got, uh... It's got no creatures except for two Emrakul. And, uh, it looks to me like... No mass polymorph, just regular polymorph. He's got, uh... Chalice, Awakening Zone, Deprive, Dispel, Essence Scatter, Into the Royal, Mana Leak, Negate, Spell Pierce, Emrakul, Four Jace... Four Polymorph, four Ponder, four Preordained. So the n- only new cards in his main deck are Malik and uh, Preordain. Everything else is, uh, you know, is, is in the format or was in the format already. Now his sideboard has four Obstinate Bailoth and two Mass Polymorph. So he does run that in the sideboard. Um, also one Iona, which is not too big of a surprise. Um, but yeah, so he, he made the national team. Um, there were... Okay, so Blue-White Titan Control won. It also came in fourth place with Guillaume Wafotapa. Fifth place also played Blue-White Titan Control, uh, played by Gregory Pierron. Uh, three Sun Titan in his deck, so I think that's the most I've seen main deck. He's got two Baneslayers sideboard. I'm just... I keep looking for Baneslayers because I'm kind of surprised... Um, I mean, and Chapin said it, it's replaced Baneslayer, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of surprising to me because Baneslayer is so good. Sun Titan, obviously, is great, too. So I, I just haven't played with it yet. So I, I can't really speak to how good it is. It seems good. Um, Baneslayer, I feel like I discover that card every time I play it. You know, like I feel like every time I, I play with Baneslayer, I'm surprised at how good it is. And God, that card is good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it really, it has a lot to do with what you're playing against. But uh, we were just playing the other night um, at F&M, and I, I was playing Next Level Bant, but it has one copy of Baneslayer in it. And uh, it was, I had some weird, I had some of the weirdest draws over the course of the tournament uh, that I've ever had. The game one, in round one, um, I was, uh, I, I sat down at a table that had, like, greasy fingerprints on it, and I was like, okay, I need to wipe this table off. So I, like, rushed to the, the pizza place around the corner to grab napkins, because pl- we play inside a mall. And I grabbed some napkins, and I wiped it off. But, like, by the time I was, like, ready to play, you know, I sat down, I lay out my play mat, and I'm shuffling. Everybody else is playing, and I'm feeling like I'm rushing. And I, I told you, you know, like, I need we need an extra couple minutes, but I still felt like I was rushing, so I didn't shuffle very well at all. And, and I was itching to play so much that I didn't, like, I drew my hand and it was, like, four lands, including, like, a colonnade and, a, I think, a wildwood, uh, hierarch, hierarch, birds, and I was just, like, keep, 
because I was like, I don't want to get mana screwed, right? I proceeded to draw lands, two more hierarchs, and my only other birds, and and that's it for the rest of the game. It was all I drew were lands and uh, mana dorks. And finally, when I was at five life, not really finally, but I got I was down to five life. I top deck a ranger of Eos, who whose only target left in the deck was one scoot mob. Of course, it was going to be a five-five scoot mob, but I was like, "Great, uh, you know, this isn't even—I can't even get two full cards out of this." I was playing against Jund. Tim was playing uh, like an aggro Jund list, yeah. and he, you know, he, I, I, I went, um, I, you know, I tapped four for the uh, for the ranger, and he just goes bolt, bolt, you know, double, double bolt you. Once I had tapped down enough to not—he knew I didn't have mana leak. Uh, so it was just like, okay, great. That was not fun. Then, um, then game two was a little bit more of a more of a back and forth, but still, I played a fauna shaman, which just ended up being a chump blocker, and I just died. Like I got ter- kind of didn't draw very well there either. Although I, I at least appreciated that there was an actual game being played then. But the weird turn, and this is where I was uh, where I was getting at, or what I was getting at with the Baneslayer stuff. Mm-hmm. In the final match, I was playing against Mono Red, Red Deck Wins, um, with Devastating Summons, and uh, so Devastating Red, against Gary. And it's he wins game one, just barely. Like, he, he managed to, to win. I think I had him... I think I was at, like, six, and he was at seven, and he managed to kill me first. Um, game two, I had... I basically got him... Uh, into a point where he didn't look like he was going to win. I had like Elspeth, Gideon on 14 counters, uh, and I, I may have played a Baneslayer in that game too, but he was just like, okay, let's go to game three just because we only had 13 minutes left. So game three, it, and it was uh, it was the game to dis- determine who was going to make top four and split packs. So I uh, again, I'm playing next level Bant, and my opening hand was Planes, Planes, Baneslayer Angel, Celestial Purge, Celestial Purge, Path to Exile, Path to Exile. Mm-hmm. I was like, I think, did I grab the wrong deck? What is this? You know, I have one Baneslayer in the deck. I have two Paths in the deck. Drew them both. I have two Purges in the deck. Drew them both. And two Planes. I was like, this is the perfect draw. Except it doesn't look like my deck. Right. But I was just like, it's only two lands. That's a little iffy. But I can play all but one of the spells. And I just, you know, hoped, okay, I'm going to, you know, draw into more lands. And, of course, I did. No, having all that other removal against that red deck. Right. It was just like, he's like, you know, goblin guide. I'm like, sure, I'll get a land. And I think he he went first. Yeah, he he played first. And, um, you know, it was just like, it was perfect. He had no way to do anything. Um, So that was awesome. But, yeah, it was just one of those situations where it was like, here's Baneslayer. Deal with it or, you know. Or you're dead, and I, I'm, everybody's been dealing with this, you know, all year. But I guess I'm just consistently amazed by how good that card is, and how much of a hole like it can dig you out of. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you go go low on life, and you're against an aggro deck. Drop the bane slayer. Suddenly, they don't want to attack. Uh, you attack, and now you're you know at eleven life or something. You know, and it's just like, good luck. Um, so. I can't wait to play with Sun Titan, just to try it out. 
uh, and see if it's really good. Um, and, and again, you know, Chapin mentioned Jace Bellerin combo, which is something that people have been bringing up for a while. Right. Um, so I, I was kind of surprised to see that um, that Julian Perez didn't actually run uh, more than one copy of Jace Bellerin. Now I'm going to double check that because I'm doubting myself. But he did run three copies of uh, of Seagate Oracle um, to get back, which is interesting. He has one Jace main, one Jace Bellerin main, and one Jace Bellerin in the sideboard. And uh, it, it seems like the accepted number of Jace the Mind Sculptor is, uh, is two or three. There are only two in, in uh, Gregory Perrone's deck. He played two Jace the Mind Sculptor and three Jace Bellerin. Huh. Three Sun Titan. So he's, he's uh, more on the Sun Titan um, strategy than the other guys. So also in, in French Nationals, like I said, we had three copies of blue-white Titan control with Sun Titan, um, a Turboland, a Polymorph, Naya Shaman, which is obviously a Fauna Shaman deck, and a Red Deck Winds. Fauna Shaman's pretty awesome. Uh, like I said, I played her as a um, chump blocker in the one game, and then in another one of my games, it could have been a Grizzly Bear, because all I ended up doing was attacking with it, because I think in my hand I had, like, double Bant Charm and, like, land or something, and it just, I, like drew a card, and it was like Oblivion Ring or something. I'm like, okay, I don't have any creatures to, to discard right now, so I'm just attacking with this thing. Which is what makes it, you know, w- one of the advantages it has over survival of the fittest is that it can actually attack. Yeah, now, it's funny how we have, we have Dark Confidant on an enchantment and survival of the fittest on a creature, and somehow both of them are worse. Right? <laughs> you know, because we have Dark Tutelage, and people are like, well... You know, it's an enchantment, and it's it's a lot di- more difficult to get rid of if you need to get rid of it, and it doesn't attack. And people are like, oh, Fauna Shaman's terrible because it's uh, it dies too easy. You know, it's just like, well, wait, what do you want? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, what what is it that this is supposed to be? If it's an enchantment, it's bad because it can't attack. I think Wizards is just trolling us. Yeah. Like, Wizards is like... Like, look, you jerks are never happy. Look, we're gonna do. We're, all- gonna, we're gonna switch these. You know, we're gonna have one of the better uh, creatures become an enchantment, and we're gonna have one of the better enchantments become a creature, and then watch you complain again. You know, watch <laughs> you complain about that. It's kind of like some uh, just just interesting how how that goes. Now I understand in black, you know, you, yeah, you no, want to be able, you can't awful. get rid of your own enchantment, and and that's one, you know, what's his name, Dark Confidant is a creature that you want to be able to get rid of if he's hurting you. So it uh, does make sense based on the abilities of the cards, but it does seem funny to me. I mean, fall a shaman, you don't really, you don't really need to get rid of it. You, you right, don't, don't want to get rid to. of it, right? You don't it's need not to. hurting you. Um, but yeah, the the fauna shaman, uh, the Naya shaman list from French Nationals, um, played by Boris. Favra, um, but yeah, it's got just the uh, one Bailoth, one Realm Razor, which is interesting, um, and uh, one Stoneforge Mystic, one Baneslayer, four Fauna Shamans. So um, he's also got two two Birds of Paradise, four Bloodbraid Elf, three Cunning Spark Mage, four Knight of the Reliquary, and four Noble Hierarch, uh, and two Gideons as his Planeswalkers, and a Basilisk Collar and a Behemoth Sludge. Now. Um, one of the best combos that I'm noticing, because I was playing um, the list, the the list by Robert Kelly. Um, I, I think it was I don't know what it was. It was like a PTQ or something, but it was I found it on uh, 
on Flores's article on the Mothership last okay. Thursday, um, the next level bant list on there, and he has um, Thornling in there. I didn't have any Thornlings, and so I threw a Frost Titan in there for fun. Never drew it, never wanted to tutor it up with Fauna Shaman, so I didn't get to play with it at all. But uh, but one of the more interesting interactions that I, I used several times was Fauna Shaman, discard Vengevine, find uh, Stoneforge Mystic, find Sword of Vengeance, and then, like, uh, you know, play play another creature, Vengevine comes into play. Next turn, I'm putting Sword of Vengeance on a Vengevine. That's, that was fun. Dude was big. Also, I put Sword of Vengeance on a scoop mob that just kept growing. I he, saw that one. He was big. That was great. Then you I threw was, like, in the air. It with Elspeth, yeah. <laughs> you threw in the air with Elspeth. It was like a 15, like... Yeah. It was like a 17, 14 or something. Something like that, because I had uh, a Hierarch 15. in play. Yeah, it was, it was getting Exalted bonus. It was big. Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, but he had gone up to... Because uh, I was playing against Travis. And he had... His opener that game was like Rocks War Monk, Rocks War Monk beating the hell out of me. He was at 39 life when I when I got that scoop mob, when I first attacked with it for 9. Uh, and so he's like, alright, I'm at 30. <laughs> it was just like, that scoop mob's huge. And, you know, it ended up killing him, but he was at 39 life when I started, so... It's kind of a kind of a funny situation. Normally, it would have been immediately obvious that it was going to win the game, but I wasn't so sure because if he just drew like a, a removal spell, he had a lot more time to draw the removal spell than than normally. You know, somebody with just twenty life, for example, would have had two turn. You know, two swings, I would have killed him. But it took me three, or I guess it took me three swings. Australian nationals, which uh, Russell Tassiker played in, uh, he didn't do too well, I don't think, um, but. Uh, but he was notably uh, in in the tournament. Um, was won by another Titan Ramp deck. It looks like t- Titan Ramp and Blue White Sun Titan Control uh, seem to be like the main decks. Now this is the first Mythic Conscription deck I've seen in the top eight uh, mm-hmm. in Australian top eight. It, it made third place. Ian Wood playing it. Um, you know Naya Shaman again is in Australian Nationals. A Boros Bushwhacker deck. Whoa! Jeff Zhao was playing it and, and made 7th place. Uh, it's got, like, the pretty much the obvious stuff. I mean, he's got Stoneforge Mystic in here, Student of Warfare, uh, and Gideon, Basilisk Collars, but it looks very similar to the original, uh, you know, Boros Bushwhacker list. Right. So that that's kind of funny. I didn't even see that until now. It sounds neat. Um, and then lastly, we have Finland Nationals won by Blue White Control. Second place was an Esper Control list. Um, the Blue White Control list looks like a standard kind of tap out list. In fact, no mana leaks, just two deprive as his counter spells. What? He's got four Baneslayer, two Sphinx of Dwar Isle, four Wall of Omens, four Spreading Seas, two Condemn, two Deprive, two Path. Uh, three Jace, the Mind Sculptor, two Gideon, three Elspeth, two Day of Judgment, Marshall Coup, mi- two Mind Spring. It's, it's like the tap out list, wow. pretty much besides the Deprive. Did he get the memo? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Mana Leak, don't you know? But he, he won, so what can we right, do? Right, right, right. No, but I'm just saying. Like... Even his sideboard just has four Negates, three Luminarch Ascension, four Core Firewalker, and four Oblivion Ring. And that's it. Clearly he didn't get the memo. Right. Uh, so the second place, um, oh, by the way, the, the winner of that was... Johnny uh, or Yanni Lindrus in Finland Nationals. Um, second place was Erki Sira. 
playing Esper with uh, two Baneslayers, three Grave Titans. There's the first appearance of Grave Titans. There it is. Uh, three Wall of Denial. Whoop, there main it deck. is. Three Wall of Denial main deck. Yeah. Four Wall of Omens. I saw this list. Yeah, this is a cool list. Four Esper Charm, four Mana Leak, four Path, two Elspeth, three Jace, one Gideon, two Duress, and two Inquisitions. Mm. Now, you, you've jumped on that uh, that card, Inquisition, Inquisition of Kozilek. You're liking that, huh? Yeah, it's pretty good. In your vampire list. Um, so, uh, Open the Vaults was in fifth place. Dueling Magrims, played by Hanu Valen to eighth place in Finland Nationals. What? Wait, awesome. wait, wait, wait. You're, yeah, you weren't paying attention. I'm I sorry. could tell because I was like, I just said that and he totally didn't say anything. He's looking at his phone. Um, I'm, I'm trying to set up a date for next Tuesday. You can man. do that in the car while I'm taking you home. Yeah, but it's exciting now. Alright, so this is exciting though. Four Liliana's Caress, four McGrim, two Burst Lightning, four Lightning Bolt, four Stagger Shock, four Blightning, four Burning Inquis... Uh, I'm sorry, four Burning Inquiry, two Diabolic Tutor, uh. three Inquisition of Kozilek, one Mind Rot, four Sign in Blood. Um, exactly the kind of deck... You know, if you're going to play the eight McGrim package, this is pretty much the deck that you picture, right? I think I'm going to be playing the there you go. package. You That's hilarious. I, gotta I knew you'd that. like it. I gotta play that. It's so stupid. Like, it's one of those decks that's just, like, so dumb, but, like, oh my god, that's hilarious, though. It really is. It's hilarious. Um, so, no Mind Sludge? Nope. Didn't see it there anyway. I don't Mind Sludge. I guess, uh, if you're just playing so much, so many other, um, discard spells, you're fine. And, and, and he plays 11 Swamps now, that seems like... I don't know. I mean, you're going to be... Yeah, it's you're not going to be playing for Mind, for mind Sludge. Right. I mean, you, you're going to tap five and have him discard three or something, you know? But Mind maybe. Shatter's still legal. Mind Shatter is, but that's not there either, so... I guess he wants to be quicker than that. Um, so, that's... Uh, I think that's it for Nationals. Yeah. Um, another uh, topic. Now, uh, we were going to talk about decks we're playing. We kind of already have. You know, I, I was playing next level Bant with Fauna Shaman and Blue White Control. You, you have. I'm your playing goddamn vampires, mono green, and like green red hasty dudes. Right. Like, so we, we kind of mentioned those already. I'm playing like straight like Timmy style decks right now. It's kind of fun. It's been. Um, I think a lot of people when they saw Jace's ingenuity are comparing it to Mindspring naturally. Um, I've been playing with Jason Ingenuity, and when I play it, or when I draw it, I picture it as, do, would I rather this be Mindspring? And the answer has been no every single time I've drawn it. So I'm, like, really happy with Jason's Ingenuity. I mean, again, I am playing a deck that wants to keep mana open from Mana Leak and Essence Scatter and Deprive and Cancel and my Man Lands and the one copy of Mystifying Maze, which I have yet to use, but... But I, you, you used it. Right, it was there. You used it for sure, like, in right. that game against me, because... It was threatening. I was not attacking with those yeah. with those tokens because I was like, well, if I don't attack, you can't use it. Yeah. So it was it, it had an effect without actually being activated. I was really activated. trying to like get like a foothold on the board, which was you know next to impossible. But like, right? I mean, but it was it was uh, no, it, had, it did its it did its job. That was the only game I, I saw it. So uh, right, and that's, that's pretty cool. It um, did its job. It was good. But yeah, so if you are playing blue and, and you haven't tried Jace's Ingenuity, but you are playing Mindspring, I recommend trying it out. Um, Flores doesn't seem to like it. He asked me on Twitter, like, why do you like Jace's Ingenuity so much? I'm like, because it, 
is works better to me with you know it works it plays nicer with mana leak and manlands and condemn and path i mean those are only one one casting cost cards but i don't want to tap out like i'm not playing tap out control if i was mindspring would certainly be better i can understand that and, and of course mindspring is better in something like turboland which has access to tons of mana where that x is actually going to be more than three significantly more than three a lot of times so uh so that of course it's all about the context of the deck but in my style of of control deck that i like that is uh you know revolves around counter spells and and having mana open on my opponent's turn jace's ingenuity has hands down been awesome i mean i even drew it one time and thought oh man i want to play this but i want mana open for countering and then i went oh that's right i can do that you know i i can let you go and play this at the end of your turn i'm not used to that so right um so, you know, that was something we were going to talk about. Now, here's a topic, and I just want to touch on it. Um, it's been kind of hashed and rehashed and re-rehashed over the past uh, three or four weeks since he wrote the article. But I, I wanted to bring it up because we didn't really mention it. And I just had an instance, a sort of similar instance happen at FNM. And that's why uh, I wanted to talk about it. Now, what I'm referring to is Cedric Phillips' article... The Scumbag Dilemma on Star City on uh, June 30th, I want to say. It's um, an old meme. It, no, is, it is an old meme, you're right. It is, <laughs> on June 30th. So, uh, But basically, he had a situation where his opponent played Esper Charm and just said, targeting myself. That's what he announced. Cedric clarified, targeting yourself? He says, yes. And, and I think he may have clarified twice. Targeting yourself, and the opponent says, Yes. Then Cedric calls a judge and and says, uh, he says he's playing Esper Charm targeting himself. And the judge says, okay, is that correct? And the opponent says, yes. And Cedric says, resolves. And the guy goes to draw two cards. And Cedric and the judge, and or the judge, one of the other, said, no, you have to discard. Because the only mode that targets on Esper Charm is target player discards two cards. The, the modes are target player discards two cards... Uh, destroy target artifact, or no, it's destroy target enchantment. Oh, or a ban charm is artifact. Right. Okay. Or draw two cards. Or draw two cards. Right. Not target player draws two cards, but draw two cards. So when he announces he's he's targeting himself, the only mode that's that's legal for that choice of target is discarding two cards. Now clearly the player didn't intend to do this, and there's been a big mess of opinions and arguments back and forth. The judge ruled, obviously, that the player had to discard two. Um, you know, it does seem a little bit like uh, splitting hairs. And, you know, you can't judge by intent. You, you can't really rule by intent in other situations that would be similar where maybe he has two Venge Vines in his hand or something. You know, I mean, may, maybe there's a reason he would want to discard two cards. Right. You can't assume what somebody intends. Right. And, um... But, you know, I, I'm not going to go one way or the other exactly because I can see both sides. I, originally, I feel like the, the key thing, and this is where I'm going with this, is communication. The player is not clarifying what they're doing. Like, the, when, you choose, when you play a modal spell, you need to choose the modes. He never chose his mode. He never announced it, despite being given multiple chances, multiple opportunities to say, yes, I am... Targeting myself to draw two cards. I'm drawing two cards. Then Cedric can go, that doesn't target. 
or something, and then it's very clear. He's saying, no, I mean, I'm, drawing t- I'm choosing the mode to draw two cards. You're supposed to choose the modes, then the targets. He just skipped over the modes, and that resulted in all this controversy. Right. Um, and, and again, you know, I know that there's a language barrier in certain situations. I don't know that there was one here. Um, but my main point is it, it all revolves around communicating what you're doing because then you end up with situations like this. Now, my situation um, at FNM was I, I was playing, again, next level band against Mono Red, against Gary. He had five lands in play. He throws distru- uh, Devastating Summons onto the board and says, Devastating Summons. And I went, how many lands? And he goes, all of them. And he scoops up his lands and he puts them in the graveyard. And I said, Mana Leak. And he said, well, I'll just pay it with three. And I'm like, you didn't add mana to your mana pool. He's like, yeah, I tapped them. I turned, you know, I, I tapped them. As I was, I, I don't know if he said as he was throwing them in the graveyard, but he says he tapped his lands. Well, Noyen was right next to him, and he said, yeah, he did tap them. I mean, wh- whether he tapped them or not, he didn't say anything about leaving mana floating. He didn't say anything. He didn't communicate that to me. Now, I let him take it. I said, well, obviously, I wouldn't have mana leaked you if you had four, you know, if you had four mana floating. Right. You know, that was like, right. I was stupid. I, I, I was thinking, all right, I'm going to blow him out here. He's using all his lands, and I'm going to play Mana Leak. Right. And he's like, I'll just pay it. So I let him take it back, but it kind of, you know, it was like, and I trust him. I mean, he, I know Gary, and I know that he, he may have totally intended to do that. And actually, I think he did intend to tap all his mana. But the problem was he didn't communicate that he was, like, leaving mana floating. So I didn't know he had mana in his pool. Right. He just grabbed all his lands and threw them in the graveyard. So uh, that was a, that's an instance, maybe not as controversial as this, but it's a similar situation where you need so to communicate. Not as, definitely not as public. Right, of course. Well, now it is. <laughs> um, of well, course, but... Well, the difference is you let, you know, you let it resolve. You let right, well, I think that was the right thing to do anyway. But At F&M. Yeah, of course. But if you were at... Uh, I would have called the judge if yeah. I was at another at a higher level tournament, yeah. and especially if I didn't know my opponent as well. Right. If I would have been playing Gary at a higher level tournament, I think I would have still let him do it because I know Gary, and I, I think it would have been one of those situations. But who knows? That's all conjecture. But, everyone kind of assumes that, like, you know what I mean? Like, especially when you're playing against someone you know, you just skip through stuff. You, you skip just, a yeah. lot of steps. And, and I don't fault Gary for that at all. But right. it just brought this topic to mind where if you're doing something, you need to communicate it. You need to communicate your modes. If you're floating mana, communicate it. Um, you know, there are shortcuts. The problem, I, I, I guess that you just, there's got to be a line somewhere. Like, where where should the shortcut be? You know, do you need to announce you're adding blue when you tap a glacial fortress? You know, when you tap two glacial fortresses and three tectonic edge and play Jace's Ingenuity? You know, do you need to say, well, those are blue? You don't really, you can just shortcut it. But, um, you know, I guess you just, certain situations, I think you just need to be aware of what you communicate. And in Cedric's situation, I really, I can't fault Cedric for what he did because the opponent was given multiple opportunities to clarify and he continuously skipped announcing his mode. Right. At least from what we know, from what Cedric told us. And every story I've read, I mean, I think I've only just read Cedric's article, but... Everything I've heard, it sounds like the opponent was given multiple opportunities to clarify, and he continuously said, targeting me, targeting me. I mean, he's clearly not an enchantment, so, uh, you know, the only logical choice is 
I mean, he has the card in his hand. Can't he? Doesn't he realize something's up when his opponent continuously or repeatedly tries to clarify what he's doing? Now, I think Cedric probably should have said, "What mode are you choosing?" And and that that I think that would have been what would have happened if I were in Cedric's situation. And he says, "Targeting myself," I would have said, "What mode?" I I you know I mean the the thing, the scumbag dilemma I guess comes down to him trying to you know, kind of fishing for his opponent to have to discard when he didn't want to. Now, I, I think the right thing to do is just clarify. So, so what exactly are you doing? What mode? There's a mode you need to choose, and you're not choosing it. You're not announcing it. Right. So I think that's what, what I would have said. What mode? Draw mode. Okay, well, that doesn't target. I would have probably just done that. Um, I, of course, I can't. It's all, it's all conjecture, right? It's right, all, it's right. In theory, how, what I would have done. I don't see myself as... Uh, as wanting to to fish for something, you know, to get the player to discard when he didn't mean to, and that's not what he's doing. You know, I, I guess it's a loophole that I wouldn't look for. I wouldn't look to exploit that. But I do feel like the the opponent is very at fault for having multiple chances and not actually uh, not actually taking advantage of his multiple opportunities to clarify. So anyway, um, just wanted to to touch on that. Um, another thing. Uh, AJ Soccer wrote an article last week on Star City called uh, Fishing Lessons, which is the title of his column, Learning to Fish, where he essentially went and kind of... He offended a lot of people by saying, like, you're not good at magic because you net deck and et cetera, et cetera. Now, um, if you want to read it, check it out on Star City Games. Um, Dave Heilker of O2Drop.com wrote a rebuttal uh, this morning called um, Give Em Hell, Kid, was the, uh, was the title of the article. It's a feature article on Star City today, July 26th, and uh, he, um, he, he writes a rebuttal. And I just want to suggest that you check it out. Check out both articles, and uh, we'll link those in the show notes. So I think that's everything for today. We, we stayed pretty much on track. The only other topic I was going to touch on was the Zendikar novel. We'll so, do on that uh, next week. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that another time. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, everybody, for listening uh, to this ultra-quick, uh, no BS. Ultra-quick for us. Yeah, ultra-quick for us, no BS. Uh, episode. No BS should be heavily in quotes, yeah. but anyway. Um. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, um, our contest is still on for the t-shirts. Right. Uh, I'm kind of trying to see if we, uh, see how many responses we get. We didn't, we didn't actually uh, set an end date for it, so I'm going to let that run until uh, Friday when this episode is posted. So we will announce the winners... Next week on episode oh, thirty-two. More week after that too. Okay, it, we'll let the article. I mean, we'll let the contest run until. Uh, let's see, J- August sixth will okay. be will be the uh, the final day. But you need to leave all the comments on episode thirty. That's where, where the oh, comments okay, need to be. Okay. That's that's the problem. So, if you want a uh, an Arch Enemy T-shirt or a Yo MTG Tap shirt, those are the prizes. Leave us a constructive comment on episode 30 on the Star City Games forums. Um, and we will randomly choose a winner, which will be announced on episode 33. 
This is episode 31. Next week we'll record episode 32. 32. And so Monday, August the 9th, we'll be recording mm-hmm. uh, episode 33, and we'll announce the winners. Yeah, it just that. seems fair to, like, since we're recording right now and it's going up Friday, it's like, oh, by the way, the contest ends today when you get this. Right. So, so yeah. leave, giving an extra week is probably a good thing. Sounds good to me. So, yeah, and again, if, if we get 30 or more comments, that's when I'm giving away the Yo! and PG Taps shirt. If we don't get 30 comments, just the Arch Enemy shirt. And we'll just do another contest another time for the LMTG tap shirt. Or we won't, and you just have to pay for one if you want it. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, this is the kindness of our hearts. Exactly. You know? Right. Um, also, if you haven't seen Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, um, you must watch it. Go on YouTube, type in Check It Out with Dr. Steve Brule, B-R-U-L-E, and watch it. Watch the episode about family. It's the funniest one ever. And uh, so, so this is Joey Pasco and Big Head Joe for your health. For your health. YoMTG Taps is available every Friday on StarCityGames.com. You can also find us on MTGCast.com, O2Drop.com, and TheStarkingtonPost.com. Visit our website, IWantMyMTG.com, for past episodes and more. You can contact us at YoMTGTaps at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at YoMTGTaps.